Yo, check us out. Chuck D, public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking God. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, dog? This is Eshaw. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This is your boy, DJ Paul KOL from 36 Young Busy Bone. Vice One. This is your man, Matt Mine, the Hellraiser. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Walsh, and you listen to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Rico, 
uh, Rico Crowder, you know, and uh, Dez at the time. He's no longer in the group, but uh, Dez at the time, we met in, like, high school. So yeah. we, uh, you know. Dez is not in the group. Yeah. Uh, when did he leave? Um, Dez is in the group. Um, he's in the group for a while. Like, he left the um, like probably you know after after our no limit deal was kind of over, he kind of left. It was like it was just we started having as a group, uh, you know, different creative uh, you know interest in in music. You know, he was going a different way with his sound, and me and Rico uh, kind of stayed together. Man, we you know had a similar style of music. We liked man. We we were more on the uh, you know, trap side of the uh, on R&B, um, singing on like kind of trap, trap beats more. Uh, you know, geared towards the streets, and I think Dez more so. Uh, we're towards the um, you know R&B more of the mainstream, like maybe Charlie Wilson, uh, more soulful R&B sound. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Think, like you know, Andros or something. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we we. You know, our, our creative business, we're all cool still, man, but our creative differences just kind of, you know, took us different directions. And then Rico's son, actually, uh, RJ, the new guy, um, you see us three of us now in the Sons of Funk, um, like on the Cloud Sprinting uh, video, our new song. And we had a song, just uh, uh, two singles we put out, Stupid, uh, Stupid. You'll see three of us. This is Rico's son. He joined the group, man. He's, he's amazing, man. He's a genius. He's learned a lot from us over the years. And then uh, I kind of picked up our our little tricks of the trade and then took it to another level with with the new age where they do it. So it's it's a pretty dope uh, chemistry we got. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, um, you know, what I'm saying the second generation sons of funk. That's dope yeah. that you guys are able to do that. You know, with Rico's son. Yes. Um, you yes. know, uh, right. when you were when you were coming up, uh, you mentioned like uh, you know Pac and Forty and stuff. Did you uh, um, yes. get to kick it with them guys? Yeah, man, um, E-40, man, we used to see all the time. There was this big thing uh, in Oakland. There's a, a lake right in the middle of the city, um, you know, um, and it's like they used to have this big festival every year. It's called Festival uh, at the Lake, and uh, the lake's called Lake Merritt in Oakland, and, um, you know, it would be like a lot of vendors there selling food and, you know, different people performing and different businesses trying to network and, you know, giving opportunities for people to get jobs and different things. So a lot of people would come from all over, man, just, uh, you know, from, from L.A., you know, people in the Bay Area, people come from different states because the weather is always nice, you know, pretty nice in Oakland. And, yeah, man, E-40 would be there. We would be there. Pac would be there. Uh, Hammer, MC Hammer would be there. Uh, Ed Vogue. Man, these are all, you know, people that's, Basically, basically came out the the Bay Area. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, would be there. Yeah. We we all kind of brought up millions you know, and millions of records sold right there. Oh yeah, that's a that's a big big uh, hot spot for for music, man. Rap, R and B, what 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 ha- you know what have you. Um, so we'd all see each other, bump into each other there, man, talking, you know, and just you know, kind of kick it, and everybody would just chill, man. It was just laid back, man, and it was it was cool, man. So yeah. Yeah, definitely a, a great <laughs> era in music too. Um, yes, that was yes, back in the days definitely. where they still had record stores. 
Um, yeah. It was just a whole different vibe, you know. Yeah, it was. It was, man. Uh, and that was uh, uh, the days where people were selling tapes, you know, people were coming up, independent artists, men selling cassette tapes out the trunk and, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. they were hustling and trying fit. to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, now, when did you meet Rico? Hello? Yeah, Lorenzo. Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Kinda yeah. Nice when did you meet Rico? Uh, Rico, man. Uh, it's it's funny, man. And I met Rico. I was 15 years old. Uh, I was in 10th grade in high school. Uh, Rico's a few years older than me, so he was already out of high school. And um, him and Dez at the time, well, you know, him and Dez are actually like cousins. And then me and Dez went to the same high school. We went to Skyline High School in Oakland. So me and Dez, Dez did the beats. He would make the beats, and I would put the chords and play the piano on the beats. Man, so we had this dynamic sound at the time that nobody had, man. It was like, you know, Jodeci and and and, and Boys and Men. All these, all these groups were out in the 90s. That was the era of, of R&B groups, you know, the whole bunch of groups, uh, H-Town and... You know, I could go on and on and on. Uh, Jagged Edge, all these groups were out. But it was like we had this, you know, uh, different sound, man. And it's like, because my roots, you know, like come out to church and then I kind of blend that sound with, with the hip-hop, you know. Some other groups probably did that as well, but our style was just unique. So me and Dez knew how to make the sound, but we didn't really know how to write a hook, or like, you know, the topic of the song. So we weren't that, that weren't great writers. And Dez actually bumped into Rico uh, at, at Lake Merritt. <laughs> I think they were just out walking one day, and they bumped into each other. And uh, he was like, hey, cuz, what's up, man? I, me and my buddy making beats. Uh, you got to come here. And Rico was like, what? You know, let, let me check this out, man. He was like, you know, because me and Dez is a little bit younger than Rico, so Rico's like, man, let me come check y'all out, man. Because, you know, Rico, he OG in the game. He's, uh, you know, he had a deal with Motown Records uh, when he was, like, 13 years old. So, you know, wow. he's been in the game, man, had record deals and experience that me and Dez didn't have at the time. So we thought, you know, Dez thought he'd be a great uh, attribute to, you know, to, to give us some advice for, for the moment. So he came over and, uh, you know, let me hear what y'all got. Man, at the time, Dez was making beats on the NPC drill uh, <laughs> machine. And, man, he, boom, he hit the, the play button on the machine. And, man, that thing was knocking. You know what I'm saying? And Rico heard that. He was like, holy. He was like, man, what? Like, y'all crazy, man. Y'all didn't do this. Y'all playing, man. Stop playing. Who, who y'all steal this from, man? This <laughs> He's like, no, we did it, man. We did it. He was like, what? He was like, oh, my God. Shot. You know, he, he was shocked. He was like, hold up, man. He, she was like, where, where y'all lyrics at? Like, we ain't got no lyrics. We just got a beat. He was like, man, give me that. Give me that, man. Make me a copy of that. And he was like, I'm going to come back tomorrow with, uh, you know, a hook and some lyrics for it. And we was like, for real? He's like, yes, man, I ain't playing that. That's, he said, that song, is, that, that track is fire right there. So he said, give me, give me the track. I'm going to come back with some lyrics for it, so. 
He came back the next day, and that's exactly what he had, man. He had the dope-ass uh, dope lyrics in the hook for it. Uh, the song at that time was called If Your Body Says Yes, Come On Over. And that was the start of really the Sons of Funk and our sound. And it's like we just kept perfecting it, perfecting it, perfecting it. But, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it came about. Wow. Now, um, yeah. when did you guys, um, you know, meet Ricky J? Ricky J, yeah, man. Ricky J, um, <laughs> you know, Rico is from uh, Richmond, and Ricky J is from Richmond. Me and Dez are kind of like from Oakland. So, uh, Rick, uh, Rico had known Ricky J, like, growing up as well. I think Dez had known him. So, I didn't really know Ricky J. So, um, what happened is we were, um, you know, we were still putting the group together, man. And, and, and at that time, you know, he, he he became a great lead singer, but at that time he was so focused on making sure the beats were tight and getting our sound perfected. And he was like, yeah, man, we just, uh, you know, we just need probably, man, maybe another lead singer because Rico is a guitar player and, and a writer, and he sings, I sing, uh, you know, I play piano, dance, and makes the beats. He sings. But Ricky J, man, he was phenomenal, man. He used to go around the Bay Area doing talent shows and winning all these talent shows. And he was an amazing singer, man. And, and, and they thought, uh, you know, let's let's bring him over and see see if he likes it and see what he can do, man. And he came over and uh, he heard the song, man. And he kind of, you know, Rico was like, man, try these lyrics. See what you can do with this, man. And he... He sung the song and kind of put it in his own little, his little, little genius way. He would do it, man. It was phenomenal. We was like, holy, man, we we got to get you on some more songs. So he sounded, then he just sounded good on everything we did. We was like, man, hey, we got to get you in the group. <laughs> so that's that's how Ricky J came about. Yeah. How long was he yeah. in the group before he got killed? Yeah, Rick, man. Um, God rest his soul, man. Um, he was in the group probably, I'd say, a good two and a half years, maybe. Um, we had recorded a lot of songs with him, man. You know, um, we had signed our deal with, with with No Limit, and you know, we signed the deal, man. And you know, P came at a meeting. We went in P's office, and you know. He came in the office and sat down and talked with us. He was like, look, man, uh, I'm assigned y'all, man. You know, this is a different level of business now. He was like, you guys are artists. You know, you guys can't be out in the streets wilding out and doing all this stuff, man, because, you know, people get jealous of that, man. He was like, you're on the biggest rap label that there is right now. And he was like, man, I look at you guys as an investment, you're a business investment. So you guys, you know, you guys are young, but, you know, you guys got to, you know, kind of, you know, get your minds to thinking more on, on business terms. It's like, you know, so he was like, uh, so I'm trusting y'all, man, to, you know, um, you know, when I call you, be ready, handle your business. We're going to get some recording done. We're going to put some stuff out, and we're going to work. So we was like, cool, P, we got you, man. Yeah, that's what's up. So he used to have this, this big leather case thing, but it had all these uh, blank checks in it. <laughs> and it's like... It's funny. Whenever we saw that, we was like, ah, it's going down. It was payday time. So he signed this, man. He gave it to the bench, man. 
uh, I believe he gave us, uh, he gave us like a hundred grand a piece, man. And it's like, I had never seen that kind of money before, none of us. And he was like, okay, I'm going to give you all this money because I want y'all to go back, you know, go back to Oakland, go back home, tell your family, you know, you're going to be moving. you got to move to Baton Rouge because y'all going to be working, man. Y'all ain't going to see your families and all that for a while. So it means you go pay up your bills and kind of your business, and, you know, give your hugs and kisses and, you know, Tell him you're about to go to work, so you go do that. I'm gonna call you, and boom, you gotta be ready to go. So Ricky J, man, he, you know, he was always he had that Bay Area hustler mentality. He was like, man, I'm gonna take my money, I'm gonna flip it. <laughs> and uh, you know, this is the Bay Area thing, man. Everybody up here is hustlers. They trying to flip their money, man. They all about making their money, man, and you know, just just. Stand and float, man, and having something nice to drive, and blah, 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 blah. So he thought he was going to flip his money, man. And long story short, he, um, I guess, man, he, he was, you know, I guess trying to sell some weed or whatever. It is like he went into uh, uh, a part of town in Richmond, uh, Easter Hill, man. It's just, it's just notorious for just, just bad. It's very, very bad. And I guess it was a drug deal going wrong, man, and you know he got he got murdered, man. God rest his soul. And it was, you know, right it was like before we even got back to start working, uh, in Bad Rouge, man, and you know, as a group we were nervous, man, we were depressed, man, thinking that man, like you know, P heard it right away. But we thought when we saw P, you know, uh he was just gonna be like, Man, but I told you I was in trouble, man. You know, I was going to come back here and work. And, and, you know, I told you all, man. It's like, so, you know, we thought he would have just been like, man, I, I'm going to have to let you all go. And, fortunately, man, you know, much love to the Colonel, Master P, man. He didn't do that, man. He believed. He said, he y'all still do it? He's like, I heard what happened. He kind of gave us a few words and said, you know what? That's what I was talking about. You got to start thinking more, you know, as businessmen. And he was like, uh, you know, but I'm going to trust y'all, man. I'm I'm, I'm going to still roll with y'all. So he was like, I expect y'all to, you know, deliver when I actually deliver. And that's just what we did. He, uh, was there like, a, um, did you guys think, you know, when Ricky got killed that there would um, be a chance that Pete wouldn't want to um, keep you guys on, on the label anymore or? Yeah, we thought that, man. We we were scared, man. We were just, you know, it's like, but, you know, you give somebody, you know, you give some, 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 some young cats some, uh, that amount of money that they never had, and it's like, sometimes, man, they go to the head, man, and they just, just wild out, man, and it's like, you know, instead of Rick, you know, thinking more, taking that money and, and thinking more of the business side of it and investing it, man, he was trying to flip it in the streets. And that was the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? Pete gave us that money to get us out the streets. And, you know what I'm saying? He tried to use it and stay in the streets and, and do that and do music. And it just, you know, it caught up to him. And, you know, he thought Pete might, might want to just drop us or whatever, but, you know, he didn't do it. And he showed us love. That's why I'm forever, you know, that love for the Colonel, man, is like, he, he, he's a real, real dude, man. Sounds like he took care of you guys. Especially in your time of need, 
after losing a friend, you know. Yes, he did. And I believe, man, I believe a lot of that had to do with him understanding because of him losing his his own Kevin. brother, Kevin Miller. Yeah. So he kind of, you know, he can kind of relate to that, man. It's like, you know, he they, they were he was on his rise, and Kevin, you know, Kevin, Kevin got gone. The same thing happened with us. It was like we was on the rise. Ricky J, you know, did what he did. So I think he he related that to himself, and that's why he he didn't just abandon us or drop us from the label. He he rolled with us, man. And for doing that, man, we worked hard, man. I was like, we man, we were singing on everybody's records on No Limit. We was producing beats for everybody. I mean, you name it. They came in the studio. We was trying to be on the project. <laughs> we were like the hardest working R and B group at that time. Nobody yeah. was. Nobody was. Absolutely, you, know, you guys were dropping <clears throat> dozens of projects a year. You know, so oh yeah, um, I can't even imagine. You know, man, it, I tell you what, uh, uh, I would hate to be a producer that worked for a label that was pumping out albums like that because you know you ain't getting no sleep. You know. Oh, no, you should forget about it. <laughs> no, I ain't Forget no sleep, about man. that. It's like, yeah, all I remember is, so we we from California, we from Oakland. Uh, I just remember, like, it wasn't no Waffle House. You know, if you know, you know about the Waffle House, it was like we moved to Baton Rouge and we'd be in the studio all day, all night, grinding, working, go to the Waffle House, stayed up at 24-7, and I was just new to the Waffle House. I was like, oh, they got a place that stays up for 24 hours, that, you know, that sells breakfast and, and burgers and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that's where everybody's going to sell. So Waffle House and back to the studio. Waffle House, back to the studio. And that, that was our grind for months and months. You, um, yeah, I mean, uh, put in all kinds of crazy work. You also got there just in time um, from when Snoop arrived. Um Yes. What yes. was that like? And did you did you ever recall like any instances where, you know, death row was getting kind of out of hand? Yeah, man. We you know we actually were on the label before Snoop came, and <laughs> I remember I was like eighteen, nineteen years old at the time, and you know I was a big uh, you know Snoop Dogg fan and fan of death row and all that, man. He's like. He came to the label, man, I'm like, I got to get a picture with Snoop. So I remember Snoop was cool, man, laid back, real, you know, you know how Snoop is, laid back, chill, funny. Took my picture when I went home and showed my parents and my girlfriend and all that, and it was, oh, man, for that. <laughs> I showed that picture to everybody, but uh, Snoop was real cool, man. But um, I had heard, you know, it's weird because I had heard that it was, you know, it was a lot of backlash behind signing a Snoop, man, like, he just looked at it as a business deal, man. Um, you know, it was like, you know, Dre had his problems with death row. Um, you know, you know, situation happened with Pac. And, you know, Snoop, man, is, is, is one of the biggest rappers out, you know. So it was like, he saw it as a business move, man. And it's like, it was perfect timing for Snoop because, uh, you know, like, I, I didn't know at the time until Snoop came to the label, man. It was like, he was famous, man, so super famous, but he really didn't have no bread. Like, all them hit records he had on death row, that was a trip, man. He he didn't have no money. 
And when you, you know, when you sign the P, man, he hooks you up, man. You get a Rolex, a new car, a diamond on Rolex, new car, man, a house, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 you know, a big signing bonus for your pocket, and then you work. So Snoop came over, man, and it was like, I really realized that he didn't really have the paper, man. I guess Suge had beat him out the paper, man. And so when he came to uh, to No Limit, man, uh, I believe at that time he signed him to a five-album deal. And I think right up front, man, gave the dude like 5 to $10 million, which was huge. You know what I'm saying? That's just for signing, coming over, and, you know, he's going to make all that money per album and the concerts and all that stuff. They were in, you know, No Limit was making movies. So... I had heard about the beat, but I didn't see it, man, because No Limit, man, is, 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 is you know, they were in, when, were in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, man, they out the south. So, man, when he came over, No Limit just showed Snoop so much southern hospitality and love and, you know, the south staying about, man, that east coast, west coast. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't about that. He was about business, making his money. You come over here, I mean, the, the tank, no, at the time, no limit tank, it was huge, man. We had two, two to three to four hundred soldiers around at all times. <laughs> like, nothing was jumping off. It was literally like a little small military army ran by Master P, I mean, with a tight fist. But it was like when Snoop came in, it was like they showed him so much Southern hospitality love, like, man, come here, we're going to work. We got you, man, trust me. When you sign to No Limit, couldn't nobody touch you. I'm serious. Like, nobody could touch you. And it was like, um, he came over and showed him that love, man. He worked. And, you know, I had heard things about, uh, uh, you know, like, Suge saying something to pee, like, uh, you know, it, you know, I hear no, you know, the way he was doing the deal, Suge was like, you know, we can't have two big dogs in this industry. And, uh, you know, P was doing a lot of business stuff, like, in L.A. with Priority. And if you saw the No Limit Chronicles, I remember this. I remember Pete telling them, you know, shit was like, we can't have, you know, two two bosses in L.A. <laughs> so Pete just told them, all right, well, when you leaving? <laughs> and I was like, at that time, I was like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that's a big statement, man, because I'm like, you know, but that just showed you how powerful Pete was. And I'm like, you know, but I, I never really saw any of the, the beef, man, because he was so encapsulated with the No Limit Soldiers, man. Um, you know, he was good at just keeping that out. You know, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what man wanted to do that at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I don't so. think so either. They just lost Pac. And, and like you said, No Limit was like an army. Um yeah, I mean, was it like did P run it like a branch of the military or something? <laughs> yeah, man, it's like yes, he had man. He had his. It's like he started his soldiers. He had his soldiers always uh, surrounding him wherever he went. Each artist had soldiers around him. We had like four or five security dudes around us at all time. I mean, when I say security dudes, real deal. Like seven foot, like tall as Shaq, seven foot, four hundred pound monsters, man. Like muscles, uh, huge giants, man. Just 
You know what I'm saying? At any Do moment, they're going to pee the rest of Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Break you a couple of <laughs> Yeah. So you can put. So, um, yeah, man, it was like, it, it, it was like the label was just so powerful, man. It was like, you know, everywhere we rolled, that's how we rolled. We rolled deep, man. And it was like, you know. It was like it, it. It wasn't no beef. It was a lot of haters, but the haters couldn't get past the. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't get past the the, the, the impenetrable force of of that tape, man. They couldn't do it. You know, people yeah. gonna hate when you're successful, man. You make your money, and, you know what I'm saying? Your face is all over the place. That's just human nature, unfortunately. But hey, we were straight. Yeah. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, man. You guys are at the top of the uh, the pile. So of course, there's going to be people from the bottom throwing barbs up top, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. Well, one incident too. There's also people, you know, trying to, uh, you know, um, recruit you guys for whatever the hell. Uh, what, tell us about the Superdome concert where um, the security. <laughs> Uh, told you guys to stay in your rooms and, and uh, not come out, and someone came and approached P. What was that all about? Rico was telling us about that. Yeah, man, I saw you bring that up. I, um, yeah, we had a big show at the Houston Astrodome, Superdome, whatever it was called at the time, and huge show, man. It was the No Limit Soldiers. Uh, Snoop was there. Man, Montel Jordan was there. Uh I believe LL Cool J might have been there, man. You had Sons of Funk there. It was like we was the only R&B, like, group at the time, you know, all on No Limit. And then, uh, like, kind of rolling with, you know what I'm saying, a um, straight rap label like that. You know what I'm saying? That was dominating the industry. We had this big show, man, and it was crazy, man. I had I had never seen so many people, man, like, and that was this was at the height of, of Nolan. And I remember looking in the audience and seeing females, man, with you know they they pulling their shirts down and lifting their dresses up, and uh, they got tattoos of the No Limit tank on their bodies and uh, uh, tattoos of Masterpiece face on them. And I even seen a girl; she was pushing her way up to the front, man, and she couldn't get past the security, but she was jumping, jumping up and down. And I was like, man, this girl crazy right here. Bad little chick. And I looked down, and, I, and she, was, she was just like trying to get my attention. I looked, she had a tattoo of my face on her. I'm like, what the hell? Like, that's crazy. It was like, that's how that's how much love No Limit had. And I was like, yeah. you know, so I, I, I was like, this is crazy. So, man, so, long story short, we we did the concert, man, turned it out, and uh, I remember, yeah, just getting rushed to the uh, the security vans, man. We used to roll in those, you know, you know those black Mercedes Sprinter vans, all blacked out. Uh, yeah. You know, we have a bunch of those, and then we would get, we would have police escorts with those vans at security, like take us to the hotel. So I remember that day, security's like, man, we need to hurry, we gotta hurry up, get in the van, we gotta go, we gotta go, let's go. So they rushed us in the van, man. It's like, you got to get your rooms. We want y'all to get to your rooms. And, and, and Pete said, he, he want y'all to stay in your rooms. They want nobody coming out their rooms. And I'm like, man, what what is going on? And the first thing I thought, I thought it was some some no-limit death row beef or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, uh-oh. Man, that don't, this don't sound good. I didn't know what was going on. So 
I just know security was, you know, had everybody in their room. You had two securities at, because well, Pete, when we were doing touring, man, he went out two or three, like three floors of the hotel. And you couldn't even get up to them floors because he had them all for all the artists and security and everything. So, yeah, we were in our rooms, man. And, you know, I remember being, you know, like for the group, you know, it was it was four of us. You know, I had my own. We all had our own, like, penthouse suites, the lost big, huge suites in the hotel. And uh, two security guards stand outside my door, Rico next door. He in his own room. He got two security guards in front of him. I'm like, what is going on? I, I can't wait to tell what's going on. So, you know, finally, later on that night, man, you know, the group, we all came together in a room, and I think maybe Moby Dick might have uh, came to our room with us, man, and we were sitting down, man, talking. He was like, yeah, man, uh, we heard, uh, like, Illuminati or some, 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 some secret society-type cats, man, some, you know, it was trying to holler at P, man, and they might have been on a recruiting mission, uh, you know, trying to holler at some of the soldiers. That's why he said, get to the rooms, we'll come out to the room and stand there. I was like, at the time, man, you know, I, you know, people heard of the Illuminati, but I'm like, you know, I was, I didn't know if it was real or not, man. I'm like, but after hearing something like that, you know, it, after that story came out, I was like, man, this shit is real. Like, it's like, I guess when you, you don't experience it until you get to, I guess, a certain level in the industry. And when, you know, you up at that level where, where No Limit was at that time, man, you have some some CD characters, man, some powerful people trying to solicit solicit your, your talent and, 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 you know what I'm saying? And, and I start to see, okay, this industry is a lot deeper than what I've ever seen. Cause I, you know, we have never been at that level of the cat. So. Yeah, yeah. very, uh, uh, very weird. You know, I just talked to Crunchy Black last night, and he told me a story what? very similar to what Rico said. He told me yeah. that he was at a mansion party in L.A., and um, yeah. he went into a door, and he saw some stuff he didn't, didn't, you know, like, what the fuck is this? And he went back out, and Paul's like, uh, you got to go back in there and take one for the team so we can get this deal, you know, just joking around with them. And Crunchy was like, hell no, I ain't doing it. You got to do it. You know, they, uh, yeah, they say, see, I keep having people telling me, man, this shit over and over. It's crazy. You know? Man, hey, he ain't never lied, man, because I, man, it's like, I've been to a few of them parties, man. It's like, man, no, like, we from the streets, man. It's like, it's, it's, it's Hollywood, man. It's weird stuff going on out there, man. It's like, so I went to this party, man. It was, I, I ain't going to say no names, but it was a comedian, uh, very, very famous comedian, movie star, uh, singer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a, he, he does a lot of, uh, I would say, hosting hosting awards and different things like that. Uh, he had a party at his house, man. Everybody was there, man. Lakers players and other movie stars, man, and, uh, you know, we get up in there. We we, we was invited, man, and uh, I, I was invited by one of the Lakers players, man, at the time. So we roll up in there, man, and 
it's crazy, man. You got all these celebrities there in this big mansion. It's dope, man. Hollywood Hills. And, uh, we come in. They, they was on our job, man. No limit. I couldn't believe it, man. I'm like, wait a minute, man. These some of the people that I've been watching on TV for years, athletes, they jocking me. God, we go in. We got the No Limit tank on and you know what I'm saying? We just chilled on. They was like, man, no limit, no limit in the building, y'all. And then, you know, but man, they, they had the DJ heads and they started mixing the No Limit songs in, man. It was like, so they made us feel like royalty, man. So you walking around the party, man. That's the first time. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's like, man, when you at these parties, man, uh, some parties in these matches, they call them uh, a white party. Man, come to the white party. And I'm like, white party? What what, what you talking about? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what, are we supposed to wear all white clothes or what? Uh, nah, man, that means the white parties, man, you know, rich people, man, they, they drug of choice is cocaine. You know what I'm saying? For whatever yeah. reason, man, it's like people with money, that's their go-to go-to thing, man, the cocaine. So when they say white party, man, you might go to a mansion, man, and, Man, they might be passing that. I mean, it ain't nothing, man. Is anybody that shipped in on it or, you know, it's big money there. They 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 passing trays around with Coke on them and all this. And, you know, I mean, we don't get out like this. So, sometimes the fun, man, we never got out with that, man. We ain't, you know, we ain't into that. But, uh, yeah, man, you you can have this going around. And you walking, uh, you know, you, you walking by bedrooms and you looking in these bedrooms, man, and you seeing some weird shit going on, some 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 like what what what's going on in there? It was like Sodom and Gomorrah, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, you go to a mansion, man. You go to matches got ten plus rooms outside things, man. It's it's all kind of crazy stuff going on, man. It's like, and you looking and you be like, is that so and so? I think it is. Hell no, man. It's like dudes with dudes and. Girls with girls, and you know what I'm saying? Crazy ass, crazy stuff going on, man. And it's like, that's that's the stuff you don't see until you get to that level. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, a, you know what I'm uh, like some satanic stuff too, or, or anywhere yeah, shit like, like yeah, man. Almost, yeah, almost like man, like the you know the higher ups executives, man, might be in this back room, and they might be in there. Uh, uh, you know, you know, doing some some coke, man, and 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 uh, I don't know. They just be it's weird, man. They be all up on each other. You like, are they negotiating or <laughs> what are they negotiating? Like, what's going on, man? It's almost like some freaky. Uh, and it, I can't remember. It's weird, man. There's a movie with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Uh, you remember that movie, the, man? Uh, advocate. Uh, yeah, the devil's yeah, advocate. Yes, devil's advocate, man. It's like some weird, weird stuff like that, man. Because you, you know, you got artists, you got some executives in there, and it's like, man, it, it's just be weird, man. It's like, you know, and it's like, you know, in in in, in Los Angeles, California, all that, man. That, you know, that initiation shit is like, it's, it's. I think this is real, man. I was like, I, your boy too smooth, man. I ain't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> Made you feel uncomfortable so, immediately, right? Like, what the fuck yeah, is man, this? Yeah. yeah, what is this, man? It's like, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm from Oakland, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We some players from Oakland, man. We about our hustle, making some money, man. And, 
you know, we do this music, man, and we got lucky to get these hit records and produce for all these people, but there's some other shit they got going on, man, um, out here. It's <laughs> like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you see that, man, you dip off, you know, you dip off, you're like, nah, but that, that ain't for me, man. It's like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, and then you, you learn to, you learn to the, in this industry to, you know what I'm saying, just kind of click up with the people that's like you, man, and, and you hang with them people, you know what I'm saying? Like, like-minded individuals, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. And, and you know, um, from what I'm hearing from people, too, it's, turned a lot of people away from the business. Like, they'd see some shit like that and just say, you know what, I'm just done with the music industry. You know? Fucks yeah. with their heads. Yeah. Yeah. It does, man. It's like, it's it's something that they don't tell you, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, trying to get a hit record and you get a hit record, it's like, it's almost like, you know, somebody could give somebody some classes on what take some classes on, on, on what you might see and run into. Because it's, it's, it's deep, man. It, it, it's in the music entertainment industry, man. It's it's, it's, it's it's some stuff, man. It's different. It's real. What what people be talking about and saying, it's, it's out there. It's real. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, good thing, um, you know, Rico's son has you guys with him to guide him, yeah. you know, in the music yeah. industry. You know, because a lot of yeah. people, man, they come in there, they ain't got nobody, and they're led to these horrible deals, um, you know, where they can't they can't get out of them because they didn't sign the paperwork, and then they're led to these crazy parties and who knows what else. Um, yes. You know, there's a lot of predators in the entertainment industry, unfortunately. Yes, um, yes they are. Very fortunate. Um, Lorenzo, uh, we got a, uh, the homie Sim from France. He's got a couple questions for you. Uh, then before okay. we go, I want to make sure to play this song, Cloud Sprint, as well. And I want to give you the okay. floor to get out of here. Let me bring on Sin real quick. Sin, you there, brother? Hello, Sin. Sin, you're live. He might uh, have some technical difficulties. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Okay. We'll go to the song. And then we'll come back okay. and uh, wrap it up with Sin. Tell us about this uh, Cloud Sprint song. Yeah, Cloud Sprint, man. It's uh, it's a new single, our new single, man. Uh, it's, it's 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 blowing up all over the place right now, man. <laughs> you gotta check out the video, man. Go to YouTube, you know, check out the video, and we got the Cloud Sprint hero in there. A little homie, man. He got the cape on, man. It's like Cloud Sprint, man, is basically about. People, man, like chasing clout, man, trying to do anything to to to, to have some clout, man. It's like, uh, you know, Forrest is just uh, you, you're doing too much, man. You, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to show off the chicks, like you you got money, and, and you know what I'm saying? You don't you ain't got money like that, but you're trying to impress them, man, and trying to be a baller. That man is like clout spring is just you know what I'm saying? Trying to have some clout. You chasing the clout to try to impress. Uh, whoever, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's the meaning of Cloud Spring. So we kind of took the uh, song, man, and just made it, you know, uh, relevant in the street, man. And uh, we tried to make the video pretty funny, man, which is where our little homie uh, 
Calvin, he's the clout spread hero. He's got his cape on, man. He's got the money. He's trying to impress the chicks. And, you know, like, you remember the song, yeah, Captain Save a Ho? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's you... on that level, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other level. So, and, and, and it's good to yeah. see this kind of R&B back, you know what I mean, because it's been missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, all right, this is Cloud Sprint, Sons of Funk, uh, right here at Murder Master Music Show. Don't go nowhere. Sin, I see you. Call back in. We'll get to you as soon as we get back. Got Lorenzo, Sons of Funk. Yeah. 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 Trying to get some cash, then get up off your ass. Gotta work for it. Yeah, yeah, you stunting hard for the chicks. Oh man, you used to once had it all, but damn, you took a little fall. You used to fast living, the money girls in the cars. You went from that nigga to back working a job, do anything just to shine. Yeah, these niggas too jive, they just be clout Yeah, do anything for the change after the money. Yeah. Cloud Sprint. Yeah. Doing the food for these bras, and they don't really give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you talking bad about your people, huh? Yeah, I hear you talking bad about your people, huh? What you mad for? Nigga, they didn't cut you off. Guess you thought you had some power, thought you was the boss. Yeah. You used to have it all, but now you took a little far. You used to fast living. The money groupies and cars, you went from that nigga to back working the job, do anything that's a sign. I swear these niggas so child, they just be cops, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do anything for the change after the money song right there can get you guys some plaques. I mean, I can see that taking off. Um, you know, real <laughs> catchy. You, appreciate it. I know when this pandemic's over, you guys are probably going to be uh, itching to get out there and do some shows. Um, oh, yeah, man. Can't wait. Definitely. Um, Sin, are you there, brother? Sin. Hello. He's got some uh, He's got some Uh-oh. serious technical technical difficulties I guess. Uh try to call again. Um Okay. Okay. Wait, wait there you I are. Remember. There you are. I got him. So right. there? Yeah, I'm there. You heard me? Yeah, we got you now, brother. Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, ah, how you doing, man? Lorenzo, start this phone. 
Yeah. Um, Lorenzo, can you tell us about uh, the song you did with the Fiend? Uh, it was Take My Pain. It was a dead song by the day. Oh, yeah, fiend. Take My Pain with Fiend? Fiend, yeah. Yeah, uh, Fiend. Yeah, man. Yeah, Fiend, man. He had uh, Take My Pain. It was like, um, it, it was it was a song about, man, loss, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a loss. Like, at that time, man, um, you know, he, you know, Miss My Homies was out and, uh, uh, the end of the road. That was off the end of the road album, and you know, songs are really popular, man, about losing people, man. So, Fiend had that song called "Take My Pain," and it was about losing somebody, man. And he he had to at that time. He just had uh, he had some rap verses, and he was like, man, I just I need to get this song to another level, man. Where you know, what I'm saying it'll be more relatable to everybody. And he was like, uh. You know, he, he said, man, I think I think I want to, you know, get sons of funk on this, man. Because, you know, R&B reaches a lot of places that, you know, you know, rap that doesn't go sometimes. It's like you got a lot of, like, rappers, I mean, the rap lovers, hip-hop heads, and you got people that's really strictly R&B lovers. But with the mix of it, too, man, it covers a lot of ground. So, you know, he told us about the song, what it was about, man, and, we, we sat down with him and collaborated and, and wrote a hook for it. And, uh, man, it came out so good, man. And I mean, we played it for P and, and all the soldiers on the label. They loved it, man. And it, it just, P was like, yeah, man, we're we going to do a video. We're going to do a video right away for that. That's going to be a hit. And um, it just took off, man. It shot, shot through the roof, man. And I remember it's pretty fun because we, in that video, we had to dress up like uh, like soldiers, <laughs> you know, like, like soldiers, marines, or whatever, and we had to the camouflage clothing on, which was already the no limit uh, mantra anyway. But uh, it was pretty fun, man. It's like, you know, we had to shine the boots, put the shine, get the boots shined, and you know, it was it was, it was fun. It was good, man. But yeah, the song took off, man. And you know, shout out to Fiend yeah. for for collabing with us on that. How, how it was to to um, to solve with P, Master P. Uh, I got the hook up and the the video clip. How it was to do it with him by the day. Oh man. Yeah, it, it, it was big, man, because uh, you know, he he, you know, was doing the movie. So he, he came first, man, he was like, Sons yeah. of Funk, man, I'm so proud of you guys, man, you guys are uh, you know, pushing the sides you were blowing up, uh you know, all these all the records we were we were getting on collabing with people, they were they were selling like crazy, blowing up. So he was like, Man, I, I I'm gonna make you know, he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a song with y'all, man. I'm gonna make that to my first single for the uh, I Got to Hook Up movie. And um, yeah, we we collabed with P, man. And uh, you know, you do it with P, man. He does it big, man. It was like uh, that that video was like a mini movie in itself. If if you ever saw the, you know, remember the video, like a mini movie, man. It's like I believe he spent over a million dollars on that video. And uh, it was huge, man. It was like I compared it at the time to almost like if it was like a mini movie, almost like a thriller. You know, thriller was like also like a little mini movie. But you know, I remember uh, being on the set, man, and uh, you know, we had these uh, suits on, man. These uh, 
Versace suits, man. Each, each suit was like worth three thousand dollars, man. I remember I had a pair of eight hundred dollar uh, boots on. I never had a pair of shoes. That's expensive. Kenneth Cole boots with Versace, uh, Versace suits, man. And it's like, yeah, uh, he had, you know, he had given us a, 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 a gift, a bonus gift. He was like, man. I'm going to make y'all look big, man. He gave us some more Rolexes, man, diamond dollar Rolexes. It was, and it was huge, man. It was like, uh, you know, that video just set up the movie, and it was like that video had got so many views, man. It just made the movie uh, even that more popular. So it was, uh, it, it was a great experience, man. And he put a lot of promotional dollars into that, and it, it won, you know, it won. Yeah. And he was a, he was a first. R&B group uh, of the Bay to put the Bay on the map as a Richmond, Auckland stuff. So it was yeah. dope to represent uh, the Bay at this time. Yeah, and I, you know, I always, I always say, man, I'm not gonna. I, I would say, I would say, you know, I think we were the closest R&B group at the time to doing trap style R&B because we, if you listen to our album, we had a song in there called "Make Love to a Thug." And that beat is pretty sweet. We were, like, probably one of the best R&B groups at singing on, like, rap beats. Like, other R&B, you know, R&B groups couldn't do it, man. It was, like, I think the closest group that could probably do what we were doing, like, singing on street, like, hardcore rap, almost, you know, like, trap was shit. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was as popular as now, but it was on its way. But trap beats, street beats were, I would say, the other group would probably be, to me, would be Jagged Edge. You know, Jermaine Dupree has him singing on a lot of, like, up-tempo, hip-hop type of beats. And, uh, you know, I, I remember meeting them at a show, man. They were pretty cool, man. It was like, we always want to meet you guys, man. It's like, <laughs> we love your stuff. And it was like, it was like yeah, man, it, you know, it turned out to be cool. But, yeah, we and we, we definitely put the Bay Area on the map, man, because, um, you know, with that cooking up with no recognized talent, talent, you know, and they uh, they were paying homage. Um yeah. you know, which is a yeah. good thing, man. And uh I wanna thank you, Lorenzo, for a hell of an interview tonight. Um, a lot of history and uh you know what I'm saying, I look forward to having you guys on again in the future. Um but I wanna yeah. give you the floor before I get of out course. of here. We know the song is Cloud Sprint. Make sure everybody go out and uh, get it, check out the video. Um but, man, it's, it's all yours, brother, before we leave, man. Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for, you know, hosting me on the show tonight, man. It's my pleasure. Um, I hope the fans enjoyed the the, the, um, the interview show, man. Um, you know, continue looking out for Sons of Funk, man. We're going to put out lots of more great music, man. Keep following our legacy and our brand, man. We're, we're a legendary group, man, and it's like, Man, we come in. You hear what we got now, man? With 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 with, our, with Rico Sun, man. This new sound we got, man. You guys are gonna love it. And um, yeah, man, it's like we got a lot of stuff right now on YouTube. Uh, you know, you can go Spotify. Check us out on Spotify, man. We're all over Spotify. Just type in Sons of Funk, and you know, YouTube. You see a lot of new videos. We did a lot of new songs. Uh, Spotify, um, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, you know, TikTok, we're on TikTok, man. So just keep an eye out for us, man. And, you know, we love all the fans, and, you know, we're going to keep putting out great music, man. So check us out, keep following us, and 
And once this COVID and the pandemic is over, man, come see us live. You know, love our live show. We're gonna get out and, and, and tear it up, man, and, and give y'all give y'all great stuff. So much love. Man, that's what I'm talking about, Lorenzo. Thank you. And also, man, props to you and Rico and, and uh, others like you who speak out against uh, the weird shit in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that, yeah. that allows yeah. younger artists to, to be aware and be careful because so many walked into the industry not knowing that that shit was around. You know, and uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we respect you for uh, letting them know about that, man. Real talk, brother. You take care of yourself, oh, yeah. man. Be Thank safe. you very much, man. Thank you, you too, man. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate it. Take care, brothers. That's what's up. That's Lorenzo, Sons of Funk. Yo, shout out to Rico. Uh, yo, shout out to the whole group, man. Uh, real good guys. We'll be catching up with them real soon. This is the Murder Master Music Show. You guys take care. Man, 